Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of the 1930 film, All Quiet on the Western Front. Everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for All Quiet on the Western Front, and the story is as follows. The film follows a group of German schoolboys talked into enlisting at the beginning of World War I by their teacher. The story is told entirely through the experiences of the young German recruits and highlights the tragedy of war through the eyes of individuals. The film is starring Lou Ayers and Louis Wolheim. It is directed by Louis Milestone. And it is written by Maxwell Anderson, George Abbott, Dal Andrews, C. Gardner Sullivan. This is the 1930 version that we are reviewing here today. And here to join me for this Patreon podcast review, I have Evo Day. Hello. And Danilo Castro. Hi, everybody. So this is pretty cool for a multitude of different reasons. One is, I believe this is the, I think, the earliest release that we've ever reviewed here on the podcast for one nice that makes sense uh it is also pretty historic being universal pictures first ever best picture winner it was also the first adaptation of a book to win the academy awards top prize it is an anti-war film uh, made during the pre-code era of the hollywood studio system and it is based on the novel of the same name from 1929 by german novelist eric maria remark it is quite notable for being an American production all about the Germans and the Germans POV from World War One, which is something that the latest version uh, that is hitting Netflix this weekend, All Quiet on the Western Front, directed by Edward Berger, has German actors speaking in German, faithfully showing that side of the war. It's a film that was... Very controversial upon release, but also critically successful as well. And it's interesting to go back and look at this because when I think of films, especially from this era, I look at some of the cinematic techniques that are used at All Quiet on the Western Front and 
my jaw literally drops to the floor at how modern a lot of it all feels. And I think that that is why it has been able to stand the test of time while also communicating themes that I think have always resonated but continue to be universal as well. So in talking through it here, Eve, uh, what are your thoughts on the 1930 original All Quiet on the Western Front? Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. Well, I'm so glad that I had an opportunity to rewatch this film because I had seen it however many years ago, probably during a time when I was just trying to binge watch all the films that I thought were quote unquote important. So I probably didn't give it as much attention as it deserves. But going back, I was so astounded by how adept and modern the appearance of the film was based on other films I've seen from this time period, especially the sound, because this film was made only a few years after Hollywood started talking. And some films from around this period, you can really feel that it's a new technology that they just don't quite have a grasp on. But in this film, you wouldn't even notice that they didn't have sound like three years before, along with the cinematography, the action scenes, the editing, even some of the moments of acting, which had its moments of a little of being over the top because it is 1930. But I would say overall it was quite successful and quite good. I did have a couple moments where I started to tear up just kind of because the film really demonstrates the scope of the tragedy that we over a hundred years on can't quite imagine, especially us in, you know, Canada and the United States. And it it just really got me in the in the mindset of what was happening and what it would have been like to been a be a young person in this situation where you you start off all excited and then it just all sort of crumbles in front of you and you lose your innocence so quickly and you start to question all your motives as a person and your community and what it means to be a person of a certain nationality. And I just think the film does such a good job. And when you compare it to the other best picture winners that sort of sandwich it, it is it is one of the one of the better ones, I would say, of its decade that it came out. Yeah, it's a film that I find to be so remarkable that it has influenced so many other war films since the time of its release. Yeah. A lot of people may not realize how many war films that they consider to be their favorites today have borrowed so heavily from All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, even something like Wings, which came out like two or three years before this, is really more focused on a a friendship between two men on opposing sides of the war and Clara Bow, who's like the the girl in between them. But 
Yeah, and that that film I, I I think doesn't doesn't quite capture the grand scale of the First World War. When I was talking about uh, film influence, and as you're describing Wings, all I could think of was uh, Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor for a brief moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even though it's yeah, even though it's clearly very different, but at the same yeah. time, yikes. I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> hate on Wings. There's some great There's some great. Uh, no, 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 definitely. That film as well. And it is really cool to go back and look at a film like this in the early years of the Academy's history as well. But we'll get to that later when we get to the awards section. Um, Danilo, how about you? Opening thoughts. What did you think of the 1930 All Quiet on the Western Front? Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. I think that was good enough. I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. Right. This was the second time I had seen it. Um, I came at this movie in a roundabout way. Uh, I first, I think, was exposed to the source material like in high school. And I was shown uh, the 1970s TV adaptation uh, in school. And uh, that one that one was okay. I mean, it's obviously a powerful story, but that one didn't have, I think, the talent behind it that this one did. And so when I eventually got around to seeing this one, it really like was a, a prime example of like what execution can do because I think this movie sort of to echo what you were saying it really holds up in comparison to some of the other stuff that was being made in that era. Even compared to films that are made today, quite frankly, I was yeah, that's kind of where I was going with it. Actually, it's it's funny how some of those pre code movies have more in common with modern releases than movies that were made like twenty years after you know when they had to deal with the code. Um. I was struck by that, especially rewatching it and just uh, it's it's powerful and it's direct and it is really influential. I, I, I agree with you uh, on that front. I'm sure we'll talk more about it later, but there there were specific segments where it's like, oh, man, it's like someone took this segment of this film and sort of there's a war movie that came out of it there. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like especially like the early training scenes feel very like important for what like becomes full metal jacket later on or something Mm -hmm. like that yeah and a lot of the battle scenes too like you could definitely tell it had a heavily uh it had a heavy influence on steven spielberg and his recreation of war films as well Mm -hmm. eve uh before we go any further there's been a lot of mention of pre-code hollywood so far in the beginning here but for some of our listeners who may not be familiar with what that is do you mind just giving a brief explanation um, so basically, uh, around the late twenties and early thirties, the sort of extra outside forces were really cracking down on Hollywood's quote unquote lack of morality. And at this time, films, uh, were a lot more sort of risque than we typically think of when we think of old movies, you know, sex was a little bit more permissive. There were some queer themes. There was a lot of murder, a lot of drinking, all that stuff. 
So around this time, they sort of started to implement a sort of system of self-censorship where the studios would start to police themselves. And there was like a list of things that weren't allowed to be portrayed on film, like no excessive drinking, no uh, poor behavior is allowed to lead to some sort of success. Everything has to be punished, basically. You can't have couples in bed together. You can't have women undressing. And that didn't really take effect until approximately 1934. So there's a lot of great cinema from before that time, sort of, you know, the early 30s that are, that's quite risque and quite, when you think of like the sort of uh, hard-boiled gangster flicks of the 1930s, this is kind of the period that you're thinking of. Absolutely. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review for the 1930 film All Quiet on the Western Front here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the hour-long full review, you will have to head on over to Next Best Picture's Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you'll get the rest of this review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.